Dashboard Effect podcast. I'm Brick Thompson, and with me today again is Kate Eberly, our Director of Consulting for Blue Margin. Hey, Kate, how's it going? It's great. Good to be back in the seat. Yeah, yeah, good to see you. So what are we going to talk about today? You know, we're we're here right at the end of July, which of course brings to mind for me budget season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's coming up. Yeah. yeah, all of a sudden we're close to Q4 here. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be talking about how you can think and build a budget for business intelligence in your company. Okay, that's great. I think uh, you and I, the last time we spoke a couple of weeks ago, we talked about um, who should manage your uh, your BI project uh, from an in-house perspective. Um, and I think today we're going to be talking about sort of who are the people that actually execute that project, whether they're internal or external. That's exactly right. And then how to think about what's the appropriate cost for projects you're doing and, and how to think about um, you know how, how you can plan for that. Yeah. And I think you and Caleb talked about it in another episode whether or not you should staff with onshore or offshore, you're going to find a lot of different price points out in the market. And so we'll unpack, you know, how do you weigh that? How do you build the right team for the right volume of work and, and get to ROI? Okay, good. So as you're talking to prospective clients um, about BI projects, which is what you spend your days doing, <laughs> <laughs> or at least your team does, I know mm-hmm. you do quite a bit too. Um, how do you how do you approach this question? Because I'm sure it's it's one of the first questions that comes up. Yeah, a lot of the times clients come through the door with a clear idea of what report they want, what what they want to see on the page in terms of visuals, and I just need a report that's going to show me my AR and end of the day, I'm done, I'll be happy. Our real challenge is to come back to the client and say, okay, but what business problem are you trying to solve? Take AR, for example. Is it that you're not actually collecting on on work that you have outstanding? Okay, we can start there and then really build back into, okay, and what will the return to your organization be if you decrease your AR by 1% or just really get after your 60 plus bucket? What will that materially do for your company? And from there, that allows us to really dig into, okay, now we've had an ROI and we can figure out what what budget might really get you to where you want to be. Yeah. And that's so helpful as you're thinking about it. You, you know, you might think, well, look, I don't I don't want to dig into the ROI. I just want to know what it's going to cost. But um, I sometimes give the example of, you know, if you're going to buy a car, um, if the person selling you the car doesn't understand the goals or the mission of the car, um, and you say, how much is a car? Um, they could bring out, you know, the the super luxury model for one hundred and fifty thousand, or they could bring out the super economy model for, you know, twenty thousand. Um, and so it's sort of hard to even have the discussion. So I think when you start talking about, you know, what are the business goals and what are the potential ROIs, it helps to center the discussion around what are we really talking about here? Are we talking about some descriptive analytics? Are we talking about an automated, um, you know, data warehouse and BI system? Um, sort of what, so, sort of centering on what is the realm just to start with? Yeah, and I think so often we see really depending on the first person that we're talking to, whether that's a manager level or even all the way up to the CTO level, CIO, you're going to be asked to build a business case at some point to justify to somebody up the decision chain, well, why? And having a good sense of the return on the investment and the business outcome is what's going to get you there and justify whatever budget it is that you're requesting. Yeah, I, I it reminds me of a project we worked on a couple of years ago for one of our clients. Um, they had, uh, or they have, 
uh, a bunch of field service technicians, guys uh, and women out in trucks, um, servicing equipment. And uh, a big driver of profit for them is tech utilization. They call the folks out in trucks techs. Um, and so if they can get more of the day to be billable, um, and th that equates to utilization, percent utilization, obviously it drives up profit. And as we were looking at the project and what it was going to take to get it done, it was, it was, uh, fairly complicated because, uh, it involved, um, Text from a bunch of different companies that have been rolled up and put together. Uh, but uh, we came to realize uh, in doing the numerical analysis that every 1% in improvement in tech utilization led to about $3.5 million a year falling to the bottom line. Um, so very significant uh, impact there. Now, obviously, just the BI and a report itself is not going to automatically deliver um, that improvement. But without the measurements and the detail to know what levers to pull uh, by the business folks uh, and what, what processes to improve, it can be hard to get at. So that helps center the discussion. We spent a fraction of that getting the BI and the reporting done. Um, uh, but it wasn't a small project. But the ROI was tremendous. I mean, you know, it, full ROI in a, in a very short period of time. And so it made sense to approach this project uh, with an appropriate um, view towards the budget to get it done quickly because the impact was so tremendous. Right. You know, I think of the, the triple constraint, budget, quality, or schedule. And I think when any one of those is out of whack, if you're looking for a high quality report that's going to generate ROI, that is either going to take a long time if you're skimping on the budget side of the house. And if it's truly that valuable, you should get it in a timely manner, which means budgeting appropriately. Yeah, exactly. Um, on the other side of that equation, you may have a project where, you know, the automation and and the work it would take to get to where something is sort of that that luxury car level just doesn't deliver the RO the ROI where it would be worth it. But it might be at a certain level uh, that it does. Maybe there's a little more manual work to do. Um, maybe the you know the the updates are less frequent or something. Um, but you get it to a point where okay, there is good ROI to do it here. And so you just have to sort of look at it that way. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think we're at the point in the conversation where typically with any client, they're like, okay, but really, Kate, what is this going to cost <laughs> How me? How much? Right. <laughs> yeah, now that we've we've <laughs> not danced around it, but yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, and I, you don't you don't want to hide the ball or bury the lead or dance around it, but you do sort of need some of that context to to be able to say, okay, are we talking economy car or luxury car here? Yeah. And I think, you know, transitioning into, okay, let's talk about numbers here. The The first area I like to begin is really focusing on data as we talk about it. So we've we've talked about a number of different reports. And really for us, it's, it's that front layer reporting and then your data engineering on the back end. We're not talking artificial intelligence. We're not talking machine learning. It is true business intelligence giving you visibility up and down all around your organization. Yeah, good point. So many times the, uh, at least currently, uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence projects can take on uh, more of the characteristics of, a, of an R&D project. Less and less, actually. It's becoming more and more mainstream. Uh, but we're not talking about that, right? as you said. And I clarify that because I think Really, to build a budget up, you're talking about people. You're talking about your visualization engineers, data engineers, project managers, and really those individuals who are your business analysts that are the bridge between the business and the technical side of the house. So looking at that 
skill set, that group of people, I mean, I think we did some high-level research on Glassdoor. You're probably looking at at least $100,000 for each of those positions for somebody who's skilled, who's not just at that entry-level point, who can get you quality fast. Right. And so those that can help you think about the question of, should I hire and do this in-house versus bringing a partner for a period of time to get it built and then get rid of the cost of that partner. Right. I think so much of the time we talk about, is it CapEx or is it OpEx? That's one of those nice benefits of having an external partner is you come in, deploy the reports as they were scoped, and then that expense is immediately off the books again. Yeah. Well, um, and you, you know, just using your numbers, I think about um, some clients we've worked with that have teams internally. I mean, it's not uncommon to have, you know, more than one data architect, more than one report builder, uh, business analysts that are working with stakeholders within the business to get reports designed. Uh, As you said, you might have a product or a project manager, a product owner, that type of thing. So it can really add up. Now, it might make sense. It depends on, you know, your, your timeline and the commitment you're making to it. And certainly most companies want to get to where they're self-sufficient. Um, but, uh, it can be the case where you're better off bringing in outsiders, um, to do the, you know, the big heavy lifting install and then have a smaller team that's managing it ongoing. Yeah, I think you you hit on the maintenance point. These solutions, while they can change your organization, they really the goal for us would be that they'd be enterprise wide. They do require maintenance. ETLs go down. Your business evolves. Our business has evolved. I think you and Caleb talked about on a previous episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and when that happens, you need individuals there who know the solution. It takes some time to spin up and get the context around what you've built and why and who can get in there and make the fix in a really timely manner. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Okay. So, Kate, that all makes sense. What's it going to (laughs) cost? Okay. Touche brick. You know, I think uh, I'll steal a line from Caleb here. It depends. This is is technology. (laughs) But to give you some order of magnitude here, you can think of any reporting project. If you're really getting in small bite, clear direction, you have good data already, that may be in the thousands to 10 to 20,000 range. Um, as you increase the complexity, you're starting to pull in more data. When you start talking about data integrations, that's maybe in the tens of thousands. So 10 to 50, even higher, depending on the complexity, number of integrations you're trying to do at one time. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, and, you know, obviously it can get very expensive depending on the complexity and, and the number of source systems. One, one of the things um, we try really hard to do is to keep our projects bite size from the start because we think it's really important to validate as soon as possible sort of the investment thesis, um, why we're doing this, and to get users looking at reports, get their hands on the data, uh, and make sure we're going in the right direction. And then we can keep continuing with sort of bite-sized projects as we go. There are cases like the like the one I gave at the beginning where the ROI is so hard, high that it's obvious and you you know, you, you pull out all the stops and get it done quickly. Um, but usually uh, it makes sense to start with, okay, let's get a data source or two in. Let's do uh, uh, some reports on that. Let's validate where this is doing what we thought it would, and then we can expand from there. And if you're like any of our clients, if you start with something small like that, it really starts to get the ideas flowing. Then all of a sudden you're going to find more and more data projects that'll bring your company value and be prepared. <laughs> they will require more budget. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. I I think uh, 
I think also getting that early experience can really help clients to start to focus in on what are the most important areas to go after? Where are we going to get the highest ROI? Um, so we've had the most success with that. I, I think that's the way to do it. We, we avoid like the plague, anything that looks like a waterfall project where it's going to take six months before there's actionable reporting and data. All right, Kate, I think, I think that about covers it. Um, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think as you're looking at, at 2023 and, and beyond and starting to think about how you're going to budget, just to quickly recap, think about what that business outcome is. What's the return on investment going to look like for your business? And then what's the right mixture grouping of, of the team that's going to get you there, whether that's internal or external? Okay, that's great. Well, once again, I uh, appreciate you coming in and uh, sharing your knowledge. It's uh, it's great talking to you. I'll have you back sooner next time. Yeah, Thanks, thanks so much. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick.